But let's turn to some of the day's big stories. Mark Tuohy joins us, trusted advisor to business and political leaders, also a university teacher, which will inform one of our discussions. Good morning, Mark Tuohy. Good morning, John Moore. Just watching the sun over the city across Humber Bay and a whole bunch of people already out on the water and uh, dragon boats and kayaks. So. Oh, that's it's a gorgeous day. That's a bucolic uh, view, I have to say, because um, I was, okay, name drop, I guess, but I was texting back and forth with Kathleen Wynne yesterday because both of us like to paddle, and uh, I, I was saying that I want to get out in a kayak as soon as I can. But let's get to one of the stories I've mentioned a couple of times in teasing this segment, and that is the redesign of the passport. Now, apparently, the redesign was undertaken in 2013, so this is not even really a Trudeau in initiative necessarily. But I think taking Vimy Ridge and Terry Fox out of our passports as images is a mistake. Yeah, people are going to be upset. I The pictures that I've seen of it, I don't like the design, but that's an aesthetic thing. Nobody ever likes anything that changes. One of the reasons passports have to change on a regular basis is the same reason why we change our money on a regular basis, and that's strictly for security. As people uh, develop uh, the ability to counterfeit the existing uh, documents, you have to keep changing them. So there was no way the image of uh, Terry Fox or Vimy Ridge was going to ever stay, you know, ad infinitum item in a Canadian travel document. It can't because it just makes it susceptible to copying. That plus you have to add in different security features regularly. So these are constantly changing documents. Doesn't mean that uh, those two elements might not be back in a future version. Um, okay, interesting, because uh, the other aspect to all of this would be I defy anybody to actually say that they've ever leafed through their passport except to revisit <laughs> stamps, and I certainly don't travel enough. I don't get my passport stamped anymore anywhere. Most people, I don't think, uh, notice that much uh, what the images are, just that there are some kind of weird changing colors, quite frankly. Um, and by the time that you've traveled a little bit, they're all covered up with stamps anyway. So let's move on to a Toronto mayoral candidate who seems to be in Dutch. I suppose that's probably a controversial statement. Um, but uh, Brad Bradford, who will be with us at 7.05 a.m. this morning, borrowed some video that women had posted about their security concerns on the TTC. They posted that video on TikTok. He integrated it into his own video. Um, you may have been listening earlier in the show. I'm not going to mm -hmm. recap everything I've had to say so far. I can appreciate both sides because, you know, when it comes to social media, I kind of think you surrender that the minute you press send. Yeah, I think the whole point of social media is to put stuff out there in the hopes that people will further it onwards. But typically, you're hoping that they will repost your original so that you get uh, the credit in terms of the number of likes, the number of views, that kind of thing. That sort of adds to your, quote, social credit. Uh, you know, extracting pieces and using them uh, without credit is still a no-no on social media. And it is a violation of copyright. There's no doubt about that. You know, a professional can campaign would have people that would know this and would do something about it. But I think the politics, not the law behind this, are what come down in Brad Bradford's favor. He is not winning. And, uh, you know, he needs more people to talk about him, more people to talk about his ideas. He wants to be associated with, you know, making subways and transit safer. Uh, you know, this is a tick, tick, tick in the box of getting everybody to talk about it and associate his name with that issue. Uh, desperate times call for desperate measures. This was probably, if not intentional, then it's probably going to work out for him. Well, we'll find out. I know some people.
people say there's no such thing as bad publicity. I think there is bad publicity, but we'll find out at 7.05. Uh, Toronto City Council voting to permit multiplexes in all Toronto neighbourhoods. Um, some catastrophists are predicting this is going to be awful, but I actually I think it's delightful. I grew up in a city with multiplexes. Yeah, I think you were saying that you live in a house now that's a duplex. Is that right? Not a duplex. It's semi-detached. Semi-detached. So that, that house would not be allowed to be built today or yesterday in 70% of Toronto uh, because we only allow single family dwellings in 70% of Toronto, which is just ridiculous. I mean, some of the most stately homes, the most beautiful neighborhoods in this city are comprised of, uh, you know, semi-detached homes, two-plexes, four-plexes, uh, sort of semi-row house construction. Uh, all of those provide beautiful, uh, adequate, you know, exceptional accommodations for people and and you know historic looking buildings uh, and we poo-pooed them for so long this is kind of setting what I think something right that should have been done decades ago uh, you know City Hall doesn't need to plan every square inch and you know putting in a two-plex or a three-plex or a four-plex in a neighborhood. Yeah, I'm all for it. Uh, Toronto soccer fans are going to be banned. I don't know exactly how they're going to enforce. I mean, if you go in plain clothes, we'll ever know. But banned from soccer games in Montreal after a dust-up at BMO Stadium. What do you make of that? I think this is, I don't know what to make of this. I mean, clearly people are trying uh, to keep their fans safe, and, and I applaud that, but this smacks a little bit of the Florida Panthers sort of uh, anti-Toronto Leafs uh, uh, PR sort of wizardry, uh, because, you know, the incident in question happened in Toronto. It was Montreal fans coming to Toronto. I don't really understand the whole soccer football phenomenon of having designated, you know, away team supporter zones so that you can and hate on each other and the climate of violence that seems to follow a soccer around the world is something mm -hmm. that befuddles me. Yeah, I guess perhaps they're, you're right that they're cribbing from British soccer uh, rules and uh, heavens knows how violent things can turn at a British soccer game. Yeah, there's no, uh, you know, a w there's no away fan section in a hockey arena that I know of, other than the unsold seats in a lot of arenas. So I, I don't really get the tradition, but I also don't really fully understand, you know, teams of fans showing up with their own colors, their own chants, their own songs, their own captains, and their own megaphones. So maybe I just don't understand. Uh, somebody dropped the ball, or perhaps dropped the life boy at uh, the TDSB, and swim programs are under threat in elementary and high schools. I think anything that stands in the way of kids learning to swim is is uh, a bad thing. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think when I you know, sort of my reading of this uh, story, and I haven't looked uh, you know beyond one or two news stories about this, is that this hinges on clauses in the collective agreement that limit management's right to move staff around. I will always argue in favor of management's right to do whatever management thinks needs to be done in an organization. I don't like collective agreements. They're basically everybody sitting around and deciding what might happen a hundred years from now or four years from now on a typical contract and figuring out what the appropriate answer is without any judgment. I'm all for managers who can use their discretion and good judgment and if they can't, fire them. 
Uh, you used to be a, a man in uniform, so you know your way around weapons and danger. I wonder what you make of this FBI video instructing people on what to do in a mass shooting attack. It just kills me that well, it's perhaps a bad choice of words, but I just can't believe people need an instructional manual that presumes that everybody's going to find themselves in this situation. People need to have something to fall back on quickly without thinking. Run hide fight that is the order in which you do things if you can get away from the danger you immediately run don't think about it uh, if you cannot run you hide if you cannot hide then you fight for your life and so yeah i do think this is a good thing because it's those type of simple mnemonics that people might remember in a time of crisis because they're not going to be able to put a lot of thought into it in the time thank you sir good to have your analysis this morning, this morning. take care that's mark tui news time 10 10 personality and advisor to business and political leaders.